Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, we are back at it today. It's good to be here. It's a wonderful time of year, wrapping up 2021. And there's plenty, of course, to talk about, but you can always share with me your thoughts, your opinions, your feedback, even your adoration and praise. Always accepted at Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Folks, it truly is a blessing to be here, and I thank you for tuning in today. And I'm just going to say off the top as well, I am grateful, not just, which I am, for you, but we're also grateful for the station at Freedom 95 and for our advertisers. And folks, if there's anything you can do for uh, to show your appreciation for this program, I just want you to Pay it forward to the advertisers. Go to supportouradvertisers.com and you can see folks that um, make this program possible. And I just ask that you give them a chance to earn your business. I think you'll find that we've got some good folks here and appreciate that. And for the station, I want to say this off the top too. I had gotten a message yesterday uh, from someone who was asking me questions that... um, uh, are things that I certainly, you know, have experience with, but not to the degree of, say, other experts. And so the station, I reached out to the station and I said, hey, uh, since Dave Ramsey's on your program, do you have any Dave Ramsey books? Because I'd like to send these to this uh, to this young man. And the station said, absolutely. So appreciate Freedom 95 for all that they do. Um, and that's just, believe me, there's a lot that they do to um, behind the scenes. So we're on a great station as well. So I want to get to it today. I, th- there's a couple things I want to talk about. Number one, <sighs> I want to talk about this, this uh, tornado tragedy that we've had um, in our part of the country. Now, I say our part of the country. Keep in mind, while we uh, broadcast on Freedom 95, that we have listeners that listen to this show in, uh, I think, every single state um, and even other countries around the world. So someone may not know exactly where Indiana (laughs) Indiana is on a map. Surely, hopefully, if you're from the United States, you know where it is. Uh, But someone outside the country may not know or even... You know, sometimes geographically. For example, we went to California a few weeks ago, and just the sheer size of that state, for someone to tell me it was a, I think it was a 10-hour drive for someone, not even in the northernmost part of California, but northern, say the northern third of California, to drive down to where we were for this this uh, retreat slash meeting or whatever you want to call it. Um, like a 10-hour drive or some such thing. I think if you drive 10 hours where I'm from, you're almost to the Gulf of Mexico, right? Anyway, so I just uh, wanted to say in our area, it did not hit, these storms did not 
hit with the same ferocity in Indiana as they did in places like Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, even in Illinois, um, Missouri, Arkansas. But it, it the, the place where the tornado hit perhaps the hardest, I guess, I don't know if that's where the most lives seem to have been lost was in, is in Kentucky. And so this happened over the weekend and I of course we knew about it yesterday but I look I I almost just mentioned it just out of respect and um, for the people who are enduring whatever they are having to deal with as far as the loss of loved ones rebuilding their towns dealing with shutdown businesses I mean just the chaos and the and the loss and the pain that comes from that um but you'll notice a lot of times if you pay close attention that I often – I have a different theory on these things than some people do. Some people think you got to be the first – I got to be the first one. Got to be the first one to know about it, talk about it. But I think that creates I'm, – I'm reminded, and I'm not going to mention any names. I will not mention any names. Um, but I'm reminded of the Supreme Court decision as it pertains to uh, the Obamacare law. And some people, in their rush and desire to want to be first in commenting on that case, actually commented incorrectly. Now, in fairness to them, in fairness to them, John Roberts and the way that he switched his vote was confusing, and there were some confusing things in that uh, in that decision. But the point is, it's not about being the first to have a thought about something. It's about having right thoughts and good thoughts and and a correct analysis of something. And so it's not important to me. Look, if you're looking for breaking news, um, if you're looking for news and things that matter, then you tune into the right place. But if you're looking for breaking news and immediate uh, knee-jerk reaction to something, you're not going to find that here because I refrain from doing that, and I think it's kind of dangerous, to be quite honest. Um, that's I leave that to every other uh, news network and, and so forth out there today. But we didn't talk about this is the point. Um, and so I, I wanted I wanted to kind of let this sit um, a bit, I suppose, is how I would say that. And just because it's so easy, it is so easy for these things to be made political. And it drives me insane. It drives me insane. Even something... That seems to be as apolitical as a tornado randomly passing across the great United States of America and hitting and destroying whatever it's in its path. As random as that may seem um, to an average person, the left, of course, not every person on the left. I'm talking about the people who eat, breathe, sleep. Uh, the th- their religion, literally, their religion is their political ideology. These folks are the are basically adhere to the philosophy that was spoken by one Rahm Emanuel years ago, never let a crisis go to waste. And so they're out there basically blaming all of this on, well, on you and me, really. Global warming, climate change. Now, I would say to you, Newsflash here. Now, because there is something that that they can use for their political narrative, 
for climate change, suddenly weather is synonymous with climate change. You'll notice if it gets really, really bitterly cold somewhere, I'll even jokingly, I'm joking, like I'm jokingly, I'll make the comment that says, thank goodness for, for global warming, otherwise it'd be another 25 degrees colder today or some such thing, just kind of to be, I don't know, to, to maybe using humor to make the point a little bit that what they really want us to believe is kind of illogical and in some ways completely illogical um, as far as you know how many miles you drive your SUV has a direct impact on the weather somewhere else in the not just America somewhere else somewhere else in the world today or next week or next month or 100 years from now and these are the same jokers by the way that can tell you with absolute certainty what the sea levels are going to be in a hundred years, but they cannot see the immediate consequences of their policies today. They have no idea. They have no idea if you have a president whose first order of business when stepping into the White House is to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. They see they are completely befuddled when the markets respond and think this is going to have an impact. This mindset, this this way of doing things in the administration is going to drive the cost of gasoline up and people respond in the futures markets just as an example or um that's that's just one tiny one tiny example right the way that we left afghanistan totally befuddled in fact we were told at first to believe um that you know, no general, nobody inside of Biden's inner circle had even warned him of any potential danger. Now he's out there. I just saw a story today. I didn't expect to actually talk about this, but since I'm mentioning this, it said something to the effect um, that there was no way, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, no way to get everyone out of Afghanistan without someone getting hurt. That's now the, that's now the storyline. At first, it was... <laughs> Well, you know, nobody warned me about this. I mean, we're out there trying our best to, you know, end the America's longest war, which again was what all these people were sacrificed for. Now you talk about direct causation, cause and effect. I want a headline, says President Joseph Biden, says today's Democrat Party. Direct cause and effect. I want a headline. I don't give a blankety blank about what happens. To anybody that stands in the way, I want the headline. I want to stand out there in front of a camera somewhere. I want to go on the world stage at our next meeting and announce to the world that I'm the first American president uh, in the past three or four or whatever it is that actually ended the war in Afghanistan. And all these elites will clap and give me approval and I will be, you know, I will have praise lavished upon me for being the great insightful, wonderful leader. But of course, what were the consequences, right? Direct cause and effect. These are the same jokers. Same jokers who don't understand what defund the police means, right? We heard an entire summer, entire year of people demanding to defund the police. People who, to an individual... I'm not saying every Democrat said this, but every person that said this without any doubt, without any hesitation, was a Democrat. Now they act like, 
It's the Republic. Was it AOC or somebody who made some stupid comment? I can't keep up with the amount of people who generate stupid comments on the national scene today. But I believe, I think it was AOC who made the comment that Republicans, that's right, Republicans were really the ones that are against this because they didn't vote for some bill that had an increase in funding for law enforcement in it. This is how twisted and backward and illogical and candidly dangerous the mindset is of today's radical leftists. Now, why am I why am I mentioning all these things? Direct cause and effect, right? Talk about defunding the police, you see an attitude change towards the police, right? You see more violence towards the police. You see people who institute these stupid defund the police policies, and guess what? Within a matter of months, they want to change course because they understand, you know what? We've kind of created a problem here. I mean, you see radical cities, folks that were doubling and tripling down on this nonsense who now realize, now they won't admit the error of their ways, but they will change course and probably tell us that some Republican is the one who inappropriately applied these very wonderful principles that are being preached to us by Antifa and the radical leftists and so forth, which, of course, the same folks who tell us Antifa is just an idea, Antifa is just anti-fascist. If you're not Antifa, you're an actual fascist. This is how these lunatics think. I mean, it is not even, I, I say an inch deep. I don't even want to give them credit for an inch. It's like a millimeter deep and then a mile wide. Well, I guess we should keep it consistent. A millimeter deep and 3.1 kilometers wide. So this is what we're dealing with. So a group of jokers who want to rule our lives. By the way, you saw probably by now that California here in a couple of days, I think tomorrow actually, is going to reinstitute mask mandates for indoor activities regardless of vaccination status. Remember that? Which is ironic because, again... I thought that the only this was a uh, this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You hear all these talking points that go on and on and on, but never actually mean anything real and substantive. But here we are, the party that has no idea. And I want to apply this specifically to what we're talking about with the, the tornadoes that hit Kentucky in the next segment. But they have no idea. They have no idea of how any of their policies, they don't immediately affect the American economy. They have no idea why Biden's numbers are low. In fact, I saw Dr. Dr. Jill Biden um, being interviewed, which I got a soundbite from that, time permitting, we'll get to it. But I saw her being interviewed, and she was basically asked about Biden's approval numbers. And the question was something along the lines of, so you think once people really understand what's in Biden's brilliant bill, build back better plan, you think people are going to change their opinion? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. These folks have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know what let's go Brandon means. They don't know anything. They don't know why people would be chanting that. They don't know why people have a bad opinion of the economy. Jen Psaki blames it on COVID psychology. We played that soundbite yesterday. They have no idea about anything that they do today that has a direct impact literally on tomorrow by lunch. They have no idea how those things are connected, but yet they can tell us, they can tell us with absolute certainty what the sea levels are going to be 
in 100 years, and that these tornadoes, to the point today, that these tornadoes that were unleashed on Kentucky and other parts in America's heartland over the weekend were the direct result of climate change. Suddenly, as I said off the top, weather is suddenly synonymous with climate change because it fits the narrative of the radical left. So I want to play some sound bites. I've got one from Biden. I've got one from the director of FEMA, who is basically Biden's FEMA director, right? I mean, this is the person who's responsible for uh, responding to emergencies out there lecturing us about this is being this is now the new normal, right? You have to go very far back in history to look and see all the other dire predictions, right? In fact, I don't know where we are on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's clock because she said we had 10 years or 12 years or some such thing several years ago, a couple of years ago. I don't know when that clock can be stopped. I mean, they need to explain this to the American people. When does this clock stop? Is it when Biden's president? Do we stop the stopwatch? I mean, does that have a direct impact? Are the sea levels now receding? I remember when Obama made his victory speech in Chicago back in 2008, 2007, I should say. No, 2008, that's right. When he said, this was the moment. This is the moment with the God reverb coming from the microphone. This is the moment that people are going to look back and say, this is when the sea levels began to recede. These jokers are too much for me. They really have a God complex And they really believe that the only thing stopping utopia on planet Earth, and particularly the United States of America, is that they don't have enough power and you haven't given up enough of your liberty and choice to follow them blindly to the ends of the Earth. Because they can stop these things if we just follow. So I want to play some sound bites, talk about this in the next segment. I knew it was coming. I didn't want to talk about it yesterday. But here we are. I'm going to start with the point to say... The people that are experiencing these, this loss and devastation need to be respected, and we need to, we need to show, some, show some respect to these folks for what they're dealing with and going through. But again, the left, they think they have a crisis they can take advantage of. They make it um, immediately political. So I'm responding specifically to that. I don't even want to do this, but I feel like it's necessary. Quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. back my friends by the way program is brought to you by my friend tj freegy freegy auctioneers in fact they've got they've got some auctions coming up including their annual their annual new year's day annual new year's day firearms auction and they have they have a couple hundred more firearms this year from what i was i was talking with cody over there the other day they have a i think it's a couple hundred more firearms than they've had even i think last year so that is new year's day but there's other auctions between now and then check them out freegeauctioneers.com f-r-e-i-j-e auctioneers with an s.com and and a lot of these um a lot of these auctions you can bid online, including, believe it or not, the firearms auction. All you have to do is have it uh, sent to a licensed dealer, 
and you can receive the firearm that you, if you were to win, you can do that. FreeGAuctioneers.com for more information on upcoming auctions. So, lots of sound bites here that I want to get to today. Let's start, let us start with FEMA Director Deanne Criswell um, talking on CNN's State of the Union. Yes, CNN, our good friends at CNN. Disastrous over there. Losing tough guy Chris Cuomo. Don Lemon's in a lawsuit. I mean, Project Veritas ripped whatever... um, whatever veil they had remaining that was covering um, their professional deception over there. All that stuff's been removed. CNN, so this uh, FEMA administrator, Deanne Criswell, getting out there. This was, um, this was, I believe, Sunday night, I believe, Sunday, Sunday sometime. So this was the day after, the day after the tornadoes. Literally, they didn't even know the number of... I think we're still getting calculations. To, um, yesterday, the governor, I think they said 64 people had died in the storms. And that number, of course, are missing or have died. And I think that number is still not necessarily uh, firmly you know, finalized or established because of the destruction and the mayhem and the chaos that's ensued here. So this is literally... Within 24 hours, I believe, um, within 24 hours later, maybe maybe even less than that, and she's already out there saying these things. Now, the left often cons- accuses conservatives of being heartless and considerate. You know, you're not, you can't be for helping people, according to the left, unless you are in, for, in, in uh, support of massive government spending. They don't have a way of even comprehending the idea that you and I might think there are other better solutions that include instead of the government, maybe state governments, maybe local charities, maybe, dare I say, churches. <gasps> My goodness, I can hear the left aghast at that. But anyway, let's talk here for a moment. Let's play this soundbite from the F- uh, FEMA administrator, Deanne Criswell. And I just want you to ask yourself, does this sound... Does this sound like someone who's very sympathetic, already blaming um, the tornadoes on climate change, which I was telling Oz during the break, we're getting to be a half step away from just outright saying, hey, Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul and Republicans in Kentucky or wherever else, basically their fault for not supporting these climate change uh, pieces of legislation because apparently – According to their logic, I guess it would have stopped this, or it would have made the tornadoes less severe. And of course, there's no way of definitively proving this because you can't. I mean, you can't. We don't have alternate universes running here. But logic and common sense tells you that there's, of course, no way that this is even remotely living in reality whatsoever. Anyway, here's a soundbite. Listen to what she has to say. This is going to be our new normal, and uh, the the effects that we're seeing from climate change are the crisis of our generation. Uh, We're taking a lot of efforts at FEMA to work with communities (sighs) to help reduce the impacts um, that we're seeing from these severe weather events and help to develop system-wide projects um, that can help protect communities. 
Oh, yes. She's got some system-wide projects. We've got some system-wide projects that are going to stop EF4 and EF5 tornadoes that have happened, by the way, for <laughs> as long as we've had an ability to measure these things. At one point, not too long ago, it was F0 through F5. Now we've added the, what is it, the enhanced uh, Fujita scale. Is that what it is? EF0 through EF5. Um, and we're supposed to believe that some projects put together by some academic at FEMA is going to somehow stop these tornadoes. This is... This is just, to me, the pinnacle of it, just patronizing people. This, this is irresponsible. This, if you want to talk about helping people deal with storms like this, let, let's look at ways to give people, I don't know, earlier notice, which we have. We made tremendous strides in those areas. Let's look at ways to construct things better. Right, maybe have, uh, you know, maybe have more tornado shelters inside of these factories and so forth. Though that's the idea that you're going to make Mother Nature. This is, folks. I don't get offended, but this is as close. <laughs> this is as close to offending my, my my sensibilities and and logical capa- capabilities as anything comes. To tell me you're, you're going to come up with a system. To basically, what, do away with weather? Are you going to make it so that it's 70 and sunny? I don't even understand what what she's trying to say here. This is truly taking advantage of a crisis, and she's not letting it go to waste. Although she is, from a decent human perspective, she's letting the opportunity to be a caring, reasonable, apolitical person pass her by so that she can insert into the narrative just how uh, policies and programs supported by FEMA can somehow stop tor- this is stupid this is this is the this is idiotic these people who have no idea how to live in regular world they don't sh- these people they live in government it's kind of like some of the professors I had and I don't mean to step on toes I or anything like this but I'm talking about the people who can only survive inside these vacuums. I'm not saying everybody in government, although there's a lot more than I care to admit, and I'm not saying everybody in education because we've got some darn good teachers, but I'm saying if a person can only function, if their ideas only make sense in those vacuums and in those environments, then they are not worth listening to. I had a lot of professors like this at, at college. In fact, sorry, Butler, <laughs> Butler University, I'm just going to be on the and, – and this goes for any college too, by the way. I love my alma mater. I love the football program there. I, I, I think Butler helped me prepare for what I'm doing today. But let me say this. Your political science professors are radical. They are, And I'm going to guess they're more radical today than they were 20 years ago when I was there. And if the things they're teaching in the classroom, if the ideas they're espousing can only exist in Hugo Chavez's Venezuela or uh, Mao's communist China or Joseph Stalin's Soviet Russia 
or in their classroom at Butler University or wherever, then look, at least get some diversity. At least find somebody who has some experience in dealing with the real world. At least find somebody who has some business experience, who's worked in places besides in theoretical, I don't know, think tanks and uh, just in an academic environment where they can say things and then if the class doesn't regurgitate that very idea to them on the test, they can put X's on it and say it's wrong, but they don't defend it in the real world. That's who these folks are. These are lifetime, I can't uh, speak specifically for Deanne Criswell, but I have a pretty good hunch. She's got a long list of experience in in politics. But this stuff only makes sense to a politician. Some, well, some leftist politician. Some politician who believes that government there is there to basically be God and to solve every problem for all people if we just give up our liberty and give them more money and more power. Oz is looking at me with disgust as I've not... <laughs> Not taking a break as I should have. And she's right. She's right. Quick timeouts necessary. Sit talk, my friends, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I want to say this um, I'm at least going to give Biden a tiny bit of credit here. I'm not going to play the sound bite. I want to actually save. Well, I try not to play too many sound bites, so I want to play another one uh, from an archbishop who's talking, who's making some comments about climate change in comparison um, to, well, people's response politically to Adolf Hitler back in the 1930s. But Biden, this is what Biden said when he was asked about this at a press conference on, I believe it was Sunday. He says, quote, I'm going to be asking the EPA and others uh, to take a look at that. Well, let me back up. It says, all I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impacts as a consequences of the warming of the planet and climate change. So again, weather is now synonymous with climate change. That'll change the next time it gets really cold out. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I want, at least I'm going to credit the guy. Now, maybe Biden... Um, from five years ago wouldn't have even created this little caveat. But at least at least this is a little bit responsible. Specific impacts on, on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. We can guarantee what they're going to find out. The fact is that we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. Everything's more intense. Apparently the way that Democrat governors govern way that they force people to wear masks and so forth. Um, and obviously, he continues here, it is some impact here, but I can't give you a quantitative read on that. Ooh, you use the word quantitative to the press, and I say, ooh, that sounds smart. Man, that sounds smart. That sounds like science. Is Biden qualified to talk about science, by the way? I'm just curious. I think if I look at my handy uh, tool for navigating the woke culture and politics in 2021, the answer is yes, because he's a Democrat. Actually, that's what all the answers look like. There's a, on this key, it says, can a politician talk about blank COVID? You say, are they a Democrat? Yes. Then the answer is yes. Do they think the government can save people 
um, from anything that could possibly go wrong if we just have more regulations, more bureaucracy, give up more liberty and pay them more money. If the answer to those questions is yes, then they can talk about whatever they want. So, but that's what Biden says. But I find that to be, honestly, pretty mild. And even though I disagree with um, their, look, the, the planet has warmed uh, and cooled throughout history. So that's whether the the the, the uh, planet is warming or cooling is not really the question. The question is, are are the things that we're doing substantially impacting that? And that. If the answer would be yes, as the left wants it to be, that gives them a wonderful opportunity to step in and to provide solutions and to um, redistribute wealth and to fundamentally change this great nation into something that she was not ever intended to be. So, quick time out. I'm going to play another soundbite after the break. This is from a uh, from an archbishop in. Uh, in Europe, this is um, Justin Welby. And this is, I mean, he actually makes a comparison here. I'm going to read this. Uh, well, I'll play this soundbite when we get back. But he's talking about how future generations will look at politicians. And again, we're talking about climate change because of these tornadoes and how the left is already taking an opportunity here to seize upon this opportunity. As sick as that sounds, that's how they view this. The radicals. I'm not talking about your rank-and-file Democrat. Rank-and-file Democrat is out there trying to help um, these people rebuild and put their lives together. The radical left is trying to take an opportunity here or seize the opportunity to push the radical agenda, which apparently includes here the Archbishop of Canterbury. His name is Justin Welby. I'll play a bit of that um, soundbite. In fairness, this has nothing directly to do with the tornadoes. In fact, this was um, something where they recorded this interview back during the climate uh, climate change conference, COP26 conference, back uh, six weeks ago or so. Anyway, play that when we get back from the break. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. My friends, by the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Shepherd Community. Folks, they are having a Christmas store for their uh, the families that they serve, and they're looking for folks to volunteer and include uh, that includes buying gifts for their Christmas store. I will be there on Monday from 12 to 2, invite you to come and bring a gift if you want, just take a tour, whatever. You don't have to bring anything. You can just take a look, meet me, whatever. 12 to 2 at Shepherd Community. Shepherdcommunity.org is the website, or if you want to go straight to the store, find out more information about that, shepherdcommunity.org slash Christmas Hope is that website. And so, that being said, I told you I wanted to play a little bit of the soundbite from uh, this archbishop. This Archbishop, um, just Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury. I just want you to listen to what he is saying, and these are bold statements, especially from someone in Europe. Just listen, listen to the comparisons here, the moral equivalency. It's it's incredible to me. Well speak of them uh, in far stronger terms than we speak today of the politicians of the 30s okay pause 
I need to I didn't set that up correctly. So he was asked about how people are going to view politicians today um, who don't properly respond to climate change. And this is his response. Let's cue that up again. Here we go. People will speak of them uh, in far stronger terms than we speak today of the politicians of the 30s. That's of, Hitler, by the way. Um, I mean, the people... politicians who ignored what was happening in Nazi Germany. Because yeah. this will kill people all around the world for generations, and we ha will have no means of averting it. That's very strong language. You're saying it failure is. to act on climate change would be worse than people allowing genocide to happen. It will allow a genocide on an infinitely greater He's calling scale. it genocide. Um, I'm not sure there's grades of genocide, but there's width of genocide. And this will be genocide indirectly, by negligence, Indirect genocide. What the? that will in the end come back to us or to our... Okay, I'm going to stop it there, but you get the idea. Indirect genocide. Folks, genocide is, is an intentional, deliberate thing. Now we've got in unintentional genocide that's apparently worse politicians who don't you know take policies that are going to somehow adopt policies and promote policies that are going to somehow save us from climate change are going to be viewed worse is that the right way to say that i'm just hurrying here than politicians who didn't oppose hitler and nazi germany according to the archbishop of canterbury justin welby quick time out my friends back in a minute back my friends so i mean lunacy the the things that we are exposed to today on multiple levels by the way in fact i was just reading an article um here <laughs> during the break um about this biological let me make sure i get this right so as to not offend anyone in the world biological male swimmer who's transgender competing at what university of penn uh, University of Pennsylvania um, women's swim team setting records and doing all this sort of stuff, bragging about how easy. <laughs> oh, I just how easy it was to win, <clears throat> and the women are upset, and they should be. They absolutely we're the feminists on this, by the way. They absolutely should be upset by this, but the world we live in, folks. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Climate change stuff, this stuff, all kinds of stuff. I got to go. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.